This morning, before we get started, I just want to pray over our congregation and for our pastors and for others. Uh, let's just raise our hands. Father, we just thank you for this morning, Lord God. Lord, you said whether two or three gather in your name, there you are in the midst. And you said if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. So, Lord, we thank you your will is healing for our congregation. I thank you by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. I thank you your will is prosperity, Father God. Lord, I just thank you your will is good relationships and friendships. Lord, for those who can't attend our church right now for whatever reason, reason, Father. We thank you that the comfort of the Holy Spirit is with them. You're giving them strength. You're giving them encouragement. They are not alone. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I was praying uh, for several days on what to share when I found out I was speaking at our church. And if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Mark chapter 12. And I'm just going to preach or teach this morning on walking in love. If we have to title these things, you can call it the love walk. You know, uh, usually when I get up to minister, I preach and spit and shout and do all sorts of stuff, sing and dance and other things. But today, if it's just more teaching, it's okay. I'll give you a lot of good scriptures, and you could take them home and make your own sermons. But Mark chapter 12, a good preacher, you know, if you want to know how to steal other preacher stuff, I said, you know, I heard Pastor Kirk say, I heard a preacher say, then the third time is yours. <laughs> In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus is responding to these questions they give him. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. And it shall, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Now let's jump over to John, which is two books to the right in your Bible. Chapter 13, verse 34. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I love you, you also love one another. By this, all will know you're my disciples if you love each other. So they were testing Jesus, and they said, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the seconds like it are almost equal to it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus then is getting ready to depart from this world, getting ready to go for the crucifixion. He's giving his final instructions to the disciples in these chapters at the, towards the end of John. And he said, listen, a new commandment I give to you, that you love each other. As I have loved you, you also love each other. When you do this, the world will know you're my followers. Notice he didn't say when you prophesy, the world will know you're my followers. He didn't say when you teach or preach, they would know you're my followers. If you put a Jesus sticker on your car, then give people hand signals in traffic. <laughs> that, that's why you don't see no stickers on my car anyway. <laughs> Jesus. He said when you love each other, the world will know that you, I sent you. Now, you see, I would, if I was there, I would have talked to God because I would have said, listen, Lord, that first one's tough enough to love you with everything. Because to love you with all my heart, with all my soul and all my strength, it means you're number one above my wife, my kids, my brothers, my sisters, my mama, mi abuela. You're number one above everybody, but then physically to love you with all my strength. Now I admit, I love God, but sometimes it's not easy to get up to pray at five in the morning. You know, I think God answers my prayers at 10 at night. You know, it's easy to sometimes love God in an air conditioning building, but what if you have to go to church where there is no AC and there are fire ants in the restroom and, you know, some crazy stuff, you know? It, it, and then he takes it a step further. He says, I got to love people like I love me. Now, that's not easy. 
You know, I have a friend, he's a minister, and he's a great worship leader, and he and his wife are in Florida helping build a church. You know, God bless them. They did a lot of ministry. His wife's a doctor, and we were friends. We've been good buddies. We would see each other at least once a week for eight years before he moved away. And I said, you know what, brother? Your wife would be perfect if she was not a Green Bay Packers fan. I said, if she got delivered from that Green Bay Colt, she would be great. <laughs> you know, so it's easy to love people. You know, I'm teasing y'all. Don't, don't look at me too. It's easy to love people, but then you meet people who order decaf coffee with milk and sugar. <laughs> I'm like, that is not coffee. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to love people until they tell you that they, they're vegan and you go to Thanksgiving and there's no turkey, there's no ham. It's like, it's something that's tofu and kind of jiggly. And so it's like, okay, love God? That's hard enough. Now you want me to love people. And there was a lawyer who heard Jesus said that. He said, well, you answered kind of good, Lord. He said, but, but, you know, who really is my neighbor? Because maybe I don't like the people down the road. Maybe I like everybody except my cousin Louie down the road. Maybe these people here are not really my neighbor. Maybe I have a reason or a justification to hate them. And then Jesus is so cool. He gives the story of the Good Samaritan, and he says, there was a man who lived in Jerusalem who went down into Jericho. He fell amongst the thieves, and he was robbed, and they beat him up and left him for dead. He said, a Levite walked by him and did nothing. A priest walked by him and did nothing. But a Samaritan saw him, had compassion on him, put him on his donkey, took him to the motel, said he treated his wounds with wine and with oil and gave money to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever he owes, I'll take care of it. He said, who was the neighbor to that man? And he said, the Samaritan. He said, go and do likewise. Now, Jesus had just given all the Pharisees a slap in the face because they despised the Samaritans because they were not full Jews. They were half Jews. He said, your Levite, who are the most holy preachers in the land, they walked away. He said, your rabbis or your Pharisees, they did nothing. But the guy who y'all consider inferior took the man and showed him unconditional love. And that story is so well known that we have laws in America today called the Good Samaritan Law. He said, in order to be like me, you have to love people who have nothing in common with you. You have to love people who have nothing to offer you. If a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, that would be like me and Alan going from a revival meeting to Vegas to go gamble. He wasn't going to go do something good. He left the place that he was supposed to live and went to Jericho where God said people should never live. And that man, who got maybe what some people say he deserved, somebody had compassion on them. You see, in the church, if we're not careful, we could look at sinners today and say, maybe they get what they deserve. But we don't realize, if we got what we deserved, will we be in this place today? If we got what we should have got, maybe we would have been some of them people acting wild and crazy today. But God intervened in your life. And if we don't hate those people, we can rescue them and pour oil and wine on them and take them to the inn, which is the house of God, because God paid the price for their redemption. You know, it could be easy. You know, the Bible says to love our enemies, not to Facebook about them. <laughs> love your enemies. Don't Instagram about them. Sometimes I want to lay hands on enemies, man. You know, somebody says something disrespectful about one of y'all on Facebook, like, I'll fight them right now. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what we're supposed to do. So Jesus said, 
the world will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. He said the loving God is equal to loving your neighbor. If you have your Bibles with me, let's jump over to John 14, verse 15. We're talking about love this morning. So God said to love me is equal to loving people. If you want to see how spiritually mature you are, it's your ability to love the most ugly and difficult person in your life today. You know, anybody can love Alan. He's awesome. He's nice. Sabata has great hair. Chris has great physique and a musician for the Lord. It's, it's great. You know, compliment my brother. You know, but to love people who say ugly stuff about you, I mean, Jesus took it to this level. He said, I want you to love those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for people who spitefully use you and persecute you. Spiteful means they go out of their way just to make sure you're not happy. Then you're my disciples indeed. Woo. So a lot of times we talk about we want revival. Revival goes with loving sinners. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. He'll give you a helper that he can abide with you forever. The spirit of truth from the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's go to verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Let's jump down to verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. He who does not keep my words does not love me, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. But verse 26, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring remembrance all things I've said to you. So Jesus here says, if you love me three times, keep my word, Right? Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love each other. He said, if you love each other, there are three really good things that are going to happen. Number one, he said the Holy Spirit would come and dwell with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world doesn't understand it. Don't expect heathens to understand you. You have the Holy Spirit. They're under the influence of darkness. So when people are just acting crazy, just bless them because they don't know what you know. You know, I found it's easy at my job. Most of the kids I work with speak Spanish. And they say some crazy stuff to me sometimes, but I don't understand because I speak English. It's easy to walk in love. Like, no entiendo, bro. You know, when the world is in darkness and they're speaking that worldly language, you can say, hey, no entiendo. The amor of Dios is en mi corazón. You got the love of God in your heart. I don't have to respond to you because you speak in a different language. But the Holy Spirit would dwell with you. What I like about this, too, forever. You know, I grew up in the charismatic, charismatic church. Word of faith, revivalist, prophets, all that fun stuff. And in the old days, some of these preachers would be like, nobody clap their hands, you're killing the, the anointing right now. I'm not going to say who that was, he's a famous preacher. If you clap your hands, you're going to offend the Holy Spirit. I said, listen, brother, it offends you, maybe because you got a little bit of prima donna working with you. But God's not offended. He said, I abide with you forever. David said in the Psalms, where can I go from your spirit and where can I hide from your presence? David said, if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord would take care of me. Janine said it earlier, but there's a scripture in Timothy that says, even if you're faithless, he's faithful, he never denies his own. Why would he tell us to love others unconditionally and faithfully and then get mad at you and block you for one day? Don't let the devil lie to you. Forever. 
Next, verse 21, he says, if you love me, you will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The word manifest there means not just to show yourself, but it means to legally reveal all my secrets. In other words, I'm going to come to you and show you everything about my kingdom. If you love me, you'll keep my word. What is his word? To love people. Now, in verse 26, he says that the Holy Spirit would come. He's the helper. The word helper, I want you to picture somebody at the gym and they're lifting a weight and somebody's helping them lift the weight, like a spotter lifting the weight. What I love about God, who never tell you to do something and not give you the ability to do it. God is not a sadist, like, hey, I want you to walk in love. By the way, I'm not going to let you be able to walk in love. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you're just going to be a continual failure because you know how much people drive you crazy. By the way, being angry doesn't mean you're not walking in love. The Bible says be angry and don't sin. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can feel anger and crucify it. I'm in the traffic. God bless you. A lot. <laughs> but God gives you this ability to do it, and he says, listen, there are free good things that are going to happen as you as a believer, as we as a church do this. N number one, the Holy Spirit would abide with us forever. He would be our teacher. Number two, he would manifest to us, which is he would show us the secrets of God. And three, he would make our home with us. In other words, where does God live? He lives with you. He's not just far off from you. He's your father. He's your friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's your helper with the lifting of the weight. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. He's your cloud by day, your fire by night, your advocate, your defender, your rock, your refuge, if you do what he says. Now, this says, I would say, well, Lord, how can I do what you say on my own? If you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 John chapter 3. If we love him, we keep his commandments. His commandments is, are, to love each other. But let's go to 1 John 3, 23, and 24. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of Jesus Christ, his son, and love one another as he gave us his commandments. Now, he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And we know that we abide in him, and he in us, by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And But this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of Jesus Christ, his son, and love one another as he gave us commandments. So when, I, when we're ministering the gospel, what I want to make sure as a preacher is that I don't get you a target so high that you can't hit it. That you would think, you know what, that's, that's not possible for me to do. Actually, what God wants you to know is if you believe on Jesus Christ, and then you do your best to walk in love towards your brothers and sisters and those outside the church, you have fulfilled what he's told you to do. We don't have time to go there, but Romans 13 and Acts, uh, Galatians 5 say that love fulfills the law, that you're no longer under the law of Moses, but you have the law of liberty. The law of liberty doesn't mean I can do whatever I want sinfully. The law of liberty is I've believed on Jesus Christ, and because I believe on Jesus Christ and he's loved me, now how can I not love you? If he was good to me, how can I not be good to you? You see, you don't have to tell me don't lie no more because he was good to me. I want to speak the truth. You don't have to tell me don't commit adultery anymore. No, no, no. He's my husband first, and he's my friend that sticks closer than a brother, so I can be faithful to anybody because he's with me. See, I don't have to preach thou shall not sin a whole lot because the more I preach thou shall not sin, here's what happens. I tell you don't think about a purple elephant. Don't think about that purple elephant. Whatever you do, don't think about the purple elephant. What do you do? Purple elephant. Young man came down for prayer to get delivered from a type of addiction. I was praying with him, and he 
most of his religious upbringing was do certain rituals or things to get rid of that. I said, I don't want you to think about that. I want you to think about one thing. If you saw the one who loved you face to face, Jesus, what would you say to him? And when you begin to focus, the Bible says, when we behold him, we become like him. We will all with unfailed faces behold the glory of God in our mirror and are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. When I see Jesus, everything else fades away. When I see the light of his face looking into my face, when I see the fire in his eyes and I feel the one who touched the leopard and said, I'm willing to be cleansed. When I see the one that took the little boy's lunch and fed multitudes. When I see the one who looked at the woman caught in adultery and said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. When I see the one who said to the tax collector, Matthew, you're not a tax collector anymore. You're my follower. He looks at you. What does he say to you? No longer an orphan no longer a slave, no longer broken, healed, strong, a child of God. So it doesn't mean we don't teach against sin, but we teach it through the power of Jesus Christ that we can overcome sin. He said, this is the commandment, believe on Jesus. So ask yourself, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Amen. Why else would you be here today? I do not know. <laughs> and then when we look at it and say, okay, Lord, because I believe on you, you give me the ability to love other people. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shut abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. You see, biblically, there are four words for love. There's storge, phileo, eros, agape. One of those words is eros is romantic love. And we know all about that in our society, but we don't know real love. You know, all the movies and music is like about young people falling in love. You know, if we're really going to do one, I want one about, like, people who have been married 52 years and still love each other. And they don't kill them like in that book movie or whatever it's called, no book or whatever, you know. That's a side thing, anyway. <laughs> like, I watched the whole movie, and they get old together to die. That's great. <laughs> Happy ending. <laughs> so then you have phileo, which is, like, the love between friends. Storge, the love of family. But all of that love is limited. Your friends can only put up with so much of you. Romantic love is fleeting. And in family love, sometimes the family, the ones that make you pray the most. But then you encounter agape, which is the deep-rooted, unconditional, deep love of God. And he said the love of God, not the love of family, not the love of friends, not even romantic love, none of those loves can compare to my love, and it's shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to you. If you believe on the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, I want to love people, help me to love people, help me to love people. You said to love others as I have loved you, which means I lay down my life for others. I lay down my right to be vindicated and to be justified because, God, I would rather glorify your name than defend my own name. And when I do that, he doesn't just leave me there broken and alone, but he pours out his love through the Holy Spirit where I can love people who are unlovable and win them into the kingdom. There's a young man who recently came to our church, and he became a believer, and he said he was around other belief systems a lot of his life. He said, you know why I knew you Christians were real? I said, why did you know we were real? He said, nobody else ever gave me such genuine love in my whole life. Everybody else's love had chains of chats. Y'all just loved me the way I was. When we want to reach sinners and people who are in darkness, it's the love of God. I'm going to share one more scripture, then I'll share a dream that I had uh, other night, and we'll get out of here. But 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our life for the brethren. Then 1 John 4, 19, 
We love him because he first loved us. When I had nothing to offer him, he gave everything for me. When I was at my worst, he still loved me. When I was in darkness, he wrapped himself up in humanity as the deity, came to this earth, lived a perfect life for 33 and a half years, did ministry perfectly. All of it was so he could reach me. All of it was so he could reach you. That the king of glory would humble himself and be a servant, washing people's feet and healing the sick and taking on conversations with people. That he would love us like that. That where I deserve to die, that I deserve the place called hell. But the king of glory said, you know what? I love Chesley too much. I love Alan too much. I love you too much. That you know what? What they deserve, put it on me. That they put him in the hands of the Roman who beat him beyond human recognition. That they put a crown of thorns on his head and they nailed him to the cross like a crowned criminal. The king of glory on the cross naked. And they didn't have the decency to even let him die in peace. They mocked him while he was dying in front of his family. And he looked out at humanity and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I would say, why did he go through that? The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ endured the cross, despising the shame, and you were his joy. You were his love to bring you back into the Father's house, to bring you back into relationship with God. This is how much he loved you. Other people say, I sympathize for you, but the Bible said he had to feel what you felt so you could be made whole. That's why don't let anybody tell you nobody knows what you've been through. There's one person, King Jesus. He felt what you felt through, but not to leave you that way. He said, I would take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'm the healer of the brokenhearted who binds up their wounds. Every time you cried at night, I cried too. Every time your mama didn't show up from work and left you at home alone, I was there with you feeling alone too, but I'm going to heal you from all of it. So I can love you because he loved me. And if he rescued me, I pray that he rescues you. So you can say ugly stuff to me, doesn't bother me. I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing. His love is so great. How can I hold that against you? You see, human beings, the Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood are not our enemies, but spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. I had a dream a few uh, nights ago. It was funny because I knew Alan and our team were getting ready to go lead worship at a church in Houston. And I don't know if it was just too much pizza or the Lord, because some Christians are like, yeah, God gave me a dream. I said, I don't know if that was God or pizza, but... So, so I try to be careful with this type of stuff. But I have a friend who's another minister. We're walking together with Alan on this road, and we got surrounded by teenagers and young people, like ages 13 to 20-ish. They're like, you guys are old, and you guys are crazy, and Jesus isn't for today, and just mocking us. And I started getting mad, like, okay, it's one thing to pick on me, but pick on Alan and pick on my other friend. I'm, okay, let's go. All right. And my friend to my left said, don't do that. Just pray for him. And my friend Alan on the right said, you know what, just love him, pray for him. We're just going to pray for him. And we're walking towards the city. We arrive in the city, we walk into a church, and there were young people there praying for us to show up. And as we began to minister, the people who had been mocking us on the road came down and became converts. And God said, if you could love them while they're trash, I'll make them into treasure. So I want to encourage you, sometimes those people you think are your worst enemies could become the people that God fills your church with. So never let your heart get offended. The Bible said offenses are going to come, but don't keep it. Begin to see people with the eyes of Christ when he saw us the way we weren't. And let's love people. When we love people, we'll see revival. Healing will show up. Salvations will show up. Let's pray this morning.
Father God, I just thank you, Lord God. You said the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Lord, for every believer in this room, Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Lord, I pray you pour out your love afresh and anew. Let every believer know how precious they are, how valuable they are. Lord, you said they are the apple of your eye. Lord, you said that they are your sons and daughters, that you sent forth the spirit of your son saying, Daddy, Daddy, let them know they're close and intimate with you, that they're not far from you, that you're not an angry God, but you're a good God. You're good and good to all. Your mercies you pour out on all your works. Let them know how loved they are, Father. And Lord, give us a church here at the epicenter in America and around the world, a love for people. Let us love each other so all will know that you sent us, Father God. Let us love each other unconditionally and give each other mercy and grace, Father God, so sinners can be converted, Lord God. We thank you. The epicenter will be a church of salvation, Lord, a church where the lost are sent and they become born again. We thank you for it, Father God. And Lord, I just thank you. Your love never fails, Father God. Your love never fails, Father God. Your love never fails. I thank you for your love manifesting in this place and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.